hey, let's bring in our next guest to help us break down this number and market reaction to Chris Robinson is joining us here from TJM Institutional Services. Chris, this number came in a little bit stronger than expected. 372 versus, you know, most guesses are around 250. Last month it was 390. So it just gives the Fed, again, what they needed, which is more cover to continue to hike rates. So 75%, excuse me, 75%, <laughs> 75 basis points pretty much locked and loaded and a little bit of pullback here in, this, in the stocks. I think the key levels to watch, though, are those lows that we made earlier, uh, you know, the Dow down around 30,000 and the S&P low. Those were, you know, reasonable corrections, about 19% in the Dow off the high, about 24% off the high in the S&P. The NASDAQ is kind of its own animal. You know, it's already yeah. had a 34%. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is cover for Chairman Powell. He's got to be happy. He's probably heading out to go golf right now. <laughs> well, I don't know if he's happy. I mean, he's got some uh, uh, heavy lifting to do here still, and then ultimately a soft landing to uh, navigate. Yes. But uh, just to get into this number again a little bit more, I mean, a very strong number. We're looking at the participation rate. I'm also noticing average hourly earnings coming in at 0.3% in line with expectations. But yes. prior got revised up to 0.4, it looks like. And uh, also here, I just want to point out that the average hourly earnings on a year-over-year -year basis, slightly higher than expected. They were looking for 5%. It came in at 5.1. Uh, and prior also revised upward from 5.2 to 5.3. So slight revisions upward in the prior. And then again, either in line or above expectations for the average hourly earning. That's a major component when we're talking about the inflation factor. Yeah, well, inflation is not going to go away overnight, right? It took years to build this up. We, we, bought, we spent enough money to buy the planet inflation starting from 2008. And we were always amazed. We kept saying, you know, where's inflation? Where's inflation? Where's inflation? Well, you know, in hindsight, it's always 2020, right? It's the best trader. It looks like the last six trillion was, you know, one too many cherry bombs to throw on the bonfire. And, you know, they went from one, 2% to, you know, how do we get back to 2%? So uh, it looks like, you know, I'm always a glass half full person. Mm -hmm. um, I have to look at it that way. And it looks like, you know, it's a possibility that they may be able to skate away from this thing as long as unemployment stays down. And the average American, they're going to look at that number, the the, the 3.6 number. That's all they really care about. And that's what you're going to have, you know, that's going to be the new talking point. While it's okay, the, uh, the employment situation is still okay. So we're going to go ahead and, and raise rates. And if they can get away with it, I think it'll be a, a, a stroke of luck uh, for everybody. For I don't care where you are in the spectrum. If we can get inflation back down to where it needs to be so that people are not getting hammered, uh, especially in the middle and lower income uh, people are getting hammered when they go to the grocery store and when they fill up their gas tank, uh, it, that can only help this country. Chris, speaking of uh, inflation and getting hammered, I'm looking at the Treasury futures here right now, the 10-year, it's coming off in a severe fashion here, a sharp move yeah. lower. I just want to kind of put this into perspective, get a daily time frame up here, because this is one of the products we were just talking about with Rick, and it does appear as if it's starting to roll over here now. Possibly this move solidifies that. The dollar initial reaction, a spike up to 107.30, yeah. kind of limited in terms of follow-through right now. It's coming off a little bit, but this is the bigger picture. Look at the dollar. We were talking about that a dollar. minute ago as well. And just want to cycle through. Here's the ES now back below this uh, 3,900 level in reaction to the number and down to about 3,880-ish, we'll call it. Bigger picture look here. Again, another situation we were talking about where the NASDAQ here 
testing a key area of resistance. Lastly, one thing that I'm noticing here is gold spiked down to 1726, but back up to 1739. Let's talk a little bit about some of the commodities and price activity we've seen this week. And I think a good spot to begin that would be energy. It's a volatile session for crude, back down below 100 briefly, but down to 95. Chris, it seems like the bigger level is still down around 93, though. And again, when you're talking about inflation, uh, crude is really at the top of the list of uh, yes. focal points or uh, topics of conversation hanging out at this $100 level. Well, you're starting to see, you know, it, it's Europe is really kind of on, on the bubble, right? What's going on in Germany? If they slow down, there's going to be a little less demand there for, for uh, oil. You do have China. They're going to spend new money. They're going to do their own little version of Build Back Better, it looks like, to try and stimulate their economy. So that should increase demand. And you've seen that. We've seen volatile, the most volatile crude oil markets we've seen in decades, right? I mean, from 123, I believe, down to 95. Yesterday, we hung around 99 and then popped up. So $100 is the pivot. It's an easy area for everybody that's a bull or a bear to line up and fight over. And I think that's what you're going to continue to see. And what what has to change, I think, is is the the underlying problem. Why gas is so high? You look at our Bob, it's our refinery capacity. You know, yeah. we can point fingers if you want, but we just don't have the refinery capacity for what we need. It's like looking at Iran. Iran has a bunch of oil, but they don't have a lot of refinery capacity. Yeah. So they have expensive gas. So well, that's that's a longer term equation. But yeah, the crude oil. That's been a biggie. Now, I don't know if you want to get in the weeds and talk about the grains, but the grains have been extremely volatile. All, all commodities, uh, cotton, copper, uh, crude oil, uh, especially cotton and, and, and copper, uh, and uh, corn. We had two-year rallies. This last correction here in the last two months pretty much gave back half of those two-year rallies. And it's so uh, after a nice two-year move up, we were at a, uh, everybody hit the brakes, get out all together, uh, herd mentality, a, a complete slam and a lot of commodities. So it's give everybody a reset button here in commodities, a chance to buy the dip or cover shorts. Uh, Chris, uh, in terms of that selling we've seen in corn, wheat and beans for that matter, how much of it is potentially a buildup into the WASI report? That's next week, isn't it? Yeah, that really isn't an issue now. We just came through, I mean, not to be dismissive, but we just came through a big USDA report, the Acres report. Mm -hmm. um, it was interesting. Soybeans made a new high, and then three days later, we were two days, $2 lower, which is yeah. a ton of money if you've got a couple contracts on. Uh, it's five grand a dollar. So anyhow, that was surprising. Uh, it was a little friendly for soybeans. We are right in the heat of, to use, excuse the pun, but pollination, corn sensitive, has to pollinate on certain of certain levels. Next two weeks, three weeks, really, really big. Um, after a tremendous sell-off in corn, uh, we've had a, a re retracement, a little bit of a buyback. But the next two to three weeks, there's lots of opportunity in the grains. Just want to stop and talk real briefly about wheat. You know, wheat had a lot of things going for it. We had a uh, tight supply. Then we had the um, Ukrainian issue. But wheat lost its entire rally. Okay, if you go back to December, yeah, now, we're looking at it right now. Just, yeah, we just dropped five bucks in about six weeks. Yeah, anybody that was long and did not have puts or sell stops underneath, you really just got run over. So well, it was a tremendous opportunity, and uh, but just goes to show you, commodities do not trade like stocks. If this was a stock, you'd have investigations of you know 
through the roof as to why prices move like this. You know, uh, keep this chart up here for a second, if we could, because as you look at this, I I'm noticing here, and to your point, wheat spiked. This is the uh, $13 move that we saw, yes. 1363 it was, in reaction to the war on Ukraine, Russia's invasion of, and then it came off a bit. We went into this consolidation around this $10-11 area, $10.50-11, and then it spiked up again, similar to what we just saw in terms of crude. And as I look at this chart, I'm starting to think, okay, so this is 130 the equivalent of in terms of crude and what we saw at the beginning of March. This is that 123 level in terms of what we saw. And now we're starting to uh, see crude come off recently. Again, we just mentioned this week back down below 100. Maybe the grains are suggesting, well, actually, I've got it right here. Here's crude, some of the volatility we saw during the week from 111 down to that $95 level. And this move has us back down below the 50-day moving average. I guess what I'm wondering is if we open up the door and take out that 93, 95 area, maybe the grains are suggesting we will, uh, we'll see a continuation of this move off these upper levels uh, here in crude that'd be well, nice for us in terms of price well, of the pump yeah well think about it i and not to get too too far in the woods back in december we were at 62 we went to 130 that 97 90 95 level 97 level that was halfway back of the one year move okay so a lot of people stepped in there and bought that too right it's just these technical levels that work when they don't work you get run over by the bus but obviously they, they worked for now and uh for anybody that was buying the dip if you take the bigger move though in crude, remember when we were at 30 bucks, go pull up an August chart, went from 30 bucks to 120. Halfway back for there is 77. And that's why if you, I read everything, listen to everything, that's part of my job. A lot of people are talking about crude going to 80 or 77. They're not just pulling that number out of their brain like uh, you know um, some Greek God. It's halfway back to the two year move. And boy, that would be uh, a blessing to uh, certainly anybody that needs to fill up their gas tank. And you know maybe this, this is this is how we recover from what COVID was. COVID was like dropping a you know a 300 pound brick into a baby pool, and we're seeing how the market recovers. So that will be a blessing. We'll see these levels. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. I'm sure a year from now somebody's going to write a book about how they knew this was the level <laughs> and that was the level. That's complete nonsense. Um, if you've got an opinion, card it up. That's what we used to say on the floor. Card it up. Talk to me at lunch. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, there's many, many access points for you to voice that opinion, I guess, yes. in terms of the marketplace. Chris, a good point. Let's talk a little bit about uh, just kind of bringing the conversation back to what I was talking about in terms of grains possibly leading a crude move lower. As I think about that in your comments you just made, and actually you touched on this earlier in the discussion, metals. When you look at copper, I mean, how about the uh, price decay we've seen there? I think it's down something like 10 weeks, eight weeks in a row, I think it is. Uh, uh, five, whatever it is, eight of the last 10, something like that. I mean, copper, basically since the beginning of March, has been selling off uh, and uh, a big move to the downside as well. All these commodities, two years ago, the bottom, that was the play. Everybody got into it. And um, I made a joke with a friend of mine. I was like, you know, these money managers, they must either all ride the same bus or all go to the same gym. Because literally, when, when, especially when we went through these bigger long-term 100-day uh, and 200-day moving averages, these guys just hit the brakes and they hit the, the GMO button, get me out. Mm -hmm. And it's a herd instinct. And it's just a perfect example of, I don't care how smart you are, where you went to school, how many zeros you have after your last name. When the market panics and they hit the sell button, you might as well be you know, uh, uh, just a crowd of people getting out of a, of a burning building. And that's what, take a look at uh, copper. Copper lost half of its two-year rally. Yeah. Corn, uh, all these, uh, look at cotton, good Lord. Cotton, they call it the widow maker. Well, you can see why. We went from 133 to, to 89. 
And uh, again, yes, it's an opportunity, but it's also just a lesson as to how you've got to be disciplined. And if you've got an opinion, great. You have to have an opinion to put a position on, but boy, you better have a, an exit strategy because if you get stubborn, uh, you know, you, they, you'll drain your bank account. And I don't care if you've got five grand in your, in your trading account or 500 million, they'll take it from you if you're not disciplined. Chris, uh, real quick to sum this up and kind of go back full circle in terms of that jobs report coming in significantly higher than expected, well above expectations at 372,000. They were looking for around 270, 290-ish, uh, I was hearing, a uh, bit of a range there. But talk to us, how big of a uh, catalyst would this be in terms of everybody hitting that sell button in terms of the indices right now? We know that most of these rallies have been met with sell-side activity. We're seeing some weakness here. I want to kind of keep it in perspective here, but back down below the 3,900 level. Well, I think, again, we got to put it on all perspective. And I, I get sometimes I get too off in the woods, but with retracements. But um, if you look at the pandemic low and the rally, you know, we had 100 percent rally in the Dow, 120 percent rally in the S&P and 150 percent rally in the Nasdaq. I don't care what planet you're from. Those are not sustainable numbers. We were due for a correction. Now, how long is this a, a, a grinding bear market? Are we going back to something we haven't seen in 15 years? Maybe um, I would say keep keep your options open. This is a hell at this point, 20, 25 percent. I consider that a healthy correction after the rally we had off those pandemic lows. And uh, I would I would continue to watch the recent lows uh, in the Dow. I think Dow 30,000. That's a big level psychologically. You mentioned, uh, you know, 3,900 in the S&P. And why is that important? Well, we're in the summertime now. Lots of times markets markets get thinner. And the easiest thing for professionals to do is to hit the sell button. Professionals love to sell it because why? You've just seen it. The market goes down a lot faster yeah. than it rallies. Yeah. So that's what the risk we've got as we head into the summer. You got to remember, uh, Europe pretty much shuts down for, for August. So you're going to start to see a drop of liquidity there. And, um, you know, we're heading into the dog days of summer. But we'll see where we end up. Chris, appreciate you joining us. Great breakdown. Taking a look Thanks. at the number, market reaction to Chris Robinson from TJM Institutional Services.